Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 31, meaning we're in Exodus chapters 11 and 12, Mark chapter 14 from verse 43 through to verse 65, and then Psalm 14. As we begin to look at our Old Testament passage, verse 1 in chapter 11 is very telling. One more plague and then the people will be allowed to leave. God is in the driving seat here. Pharaoh, Moses, even the people are bystanders in this awesome show of power on display. Incredible to think that God's planning and timing is so perfect and his knowledge of all things is complete to the point where he can declare when things will actually happen. In chapter 12, we have the Passover, where God would come in the final plague and take every firstborn child in the region. Yet the Israelites would remain safe because of a Passover lamb. This lamb would be killed and the blood used as a sign to not touch that household. Yes, this is an incredibly important thing for Israel in this passage, but a strong reminder that Jesus is our Passover lamb who protects us from the wrath of God by his blood that was shed on the cross. True to his word, the people of Israel were saved and the great exodus began, with about one million people leaving Egypt after 430 years in slavery. Just as God said it would happen, the people were saved. Today we are truly reminded that God will protect and guard his people, that his planning and timing is perfect and we are to trust in him. It's also a reminder that nobody can go against God and win. What a comfort to each of us in this current time that God never loses and he is always victorious. Let's head into our New Testament passage and really our passage concentrates on the betrayal and the early trial of Jesus before his death. And notice Judas is the one who betrays where Jesus is and acts as a witness to the Pharisees and leaders in order for Jesus to be arrested. A couple of things to really pick up on here. Jesus always knew it was Judas and would do this act before Jesus and the disciples. He wasn't surprised by his actions. More than that, he didn't even stop Judas from doing it and carrying out this betrayal. And that tells us two things. Firstly, that Jesus went willingly to the cross. And secondly, that Jesus doesn't force us to follow him. Rather, it is free will choice to be obedient to him. Clearly, a scuffle happens at the moment of arrest. However, don't miss the detail here. The servant of the high priest has his ear cut off. Focus less on the ear and more on the position. The high priest servant the very people who should have recognised Jesus as the Messiah, who should have prepared the way for him and who should have been glorifying God for his arrival, are now arresting him, seeking to kill him. The irony here is really quite incredible. What a sham trial Jesus undergoes before the council of religious leaders. Person after person came and gave false witness, desperate for Jesus to be arrested and sentenced to death, but nobody could find any fault in his behaviour or in his conduct. Jesus could have escaped all of this. He could have just walked away. You know, he could have just seen that nobody actually had anything against his name. Yet when asked, he declares that he is the son of God and that he will rule in power. We might ask, why did Jesus answer? Why didn't he just save himself by staying silent? But remember, this isn't about Jesus trying to avoid death, but rather going to death willingly as the sacrifice for mankind's sin. You have Jesus here fully willing to be truthful and go to death. But you also have the Pharisees and priests lying and scheming to get their own way. That really begs the question of what type of person are you? Are you known for your sacrificial care for others? Or are you known for trying to get your own way? My question would be, how can you address these matters in your life? 
reflecting more of Jesus and less of the priests in your everyday life. Finally, we have Psalm 14. I want to pick up purely from verse 1 today. The fool says in their heart that there is no God. It is foolish because it assumes certain things. Firstly, that you know all things, all places, all times, all circumstances. Because to declare that something doesn't exist, you must know everything that currently does exist, has ever existed and will ever exist to be able to rule out the possibility that there is no God. Secondly, it never comes from a place of evidence, rather than an emotional response. I'm yet to meet an agnostic or atheist who simply says, I'm not convinced of the argument. Rather, they always seem to have something else there, a struggle with life and death, an anger because of something in their own lives, a love for the world. The the fool says there is no God, for the fool is thinking irrationally. The The reverse must also be true, that it is wisdom to say that there is God. More than that, it is wisdom to humble yourself before that all-knowing creator God, because he is the one that knows all things. What path do you choose today? Foolishness or wisdom? I'll leave that with you as we close out in prayer. Father, we do pray that we would be wise in our decisions, wise in our lives, and that we wouldn't make irrational decisions and act in irrational ways. Father, we do pray that we would be sacrificial in our care for others, that we wouldn't seek our own way, rather we would seek the benefit of others. And Father, we praise you that you save your people through your son Jesus and that you view us through the blood of Christ and we are saved from the wrath that we so deserve because of our sin. So Father, we pray in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.